I have been looking forward to dropping this episode of the latest Coffee with Cal podcast. We interview James McCallum. James is a former pro cyclist as well as a Commonwealth medalist and one of the few people to have cycled the North Coast 500 in record time. Now, this is a very raw, deep and super informative podcast episode on all aspects of life, health and well-being. We had a few tears and there were some deep and profound chats as well. I hope you enjoyed listening to this as much as we enjoyed recording it. Jimmy, how are you doing? Like I just said in the intro there, uh, just a couple of mates hanging out over Zoom, so nothing to be nervous about. I think it's become quite commonplace in the last few years, just uh, looking at your pals on screens. So Exactly. Really exactly. good to see you, mate. Really good to see you and glad to see life is treating you well. Yeah, well... Has I've had a few few hours linked sleep overnight with uh, with the wee one, so it's been absolutely fantastic. Um, and you're also congratulations, uh, a new dad for those who don't know. I certainly am. Yeah, number two. Finally, uh, my missus took her a good part of nine years, almost a whole decade to convince me. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we're we're back in the baby baby world. So yeah, Isabella came just the uh, start of December, so that's her now, just coming up for two and a half months. So. Amazing. All good, family's good, she's settling in well, and I feeling very grateful, I think is probably the word for it. But surreal, think, but grateful. Surreal and grateful, it's a, nice, a really nice way to put it. But I think, what, what a fantastic way to start though, because you are were uh, an elite athlete, you maybe are kind of making a comeback into the world of <laughs> um, elite performance. How... I'm curious, how are you managing that with, uh, with the new one? Terribly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, first and foremost, I think there's, there's, there's several parts to it. The, the first part is that me as an individual, I have got, I'm not willing to give up. You know, I, I, I don't want to be um, a dad or someone who, at the age of like mid forties, fifties, pick their kid up and can't run with their kid and can't chase them in the garden and all that sort of stuff. So first and foremost, that kind of is one of the main things for me. But the other part is that I can't help myself. I've been kind of um, conditioned by sport since I was about five or six years old, and it's basically one sport after the other. I was just kind of fell into each other and say sport and one that sort of encaptured me at, you know, that sort of 10, 11 year old sort of point when a young kid and stuck at it ever since then. So that's been a good part of 30 plus years. I've been riding bikes and it's, for me, it's it's not a hobby. It's not a lifestyle. It's almost like that kind of religion sort of thing is that every Sunday people go to church, but every Sunday I get up at nine o'clock and go ride my bike, you know, so it's, it's quite a weird one. But the final and the most important part of this is that my wife gets it. She knows that I become quite a grumpy person. Grumpy is probably the easiest way of describing it, but quite dis- disjointed and stuff like that when um, I don't do exercise. So much so that during um, one of the periods, I think it was either through lockdown or through Christmas period at one point, we were getting our house fixed um, and the garage was an absolute nightmare. That's what I used to do all my training. Uh, when I was at home and I was getting so grumpy that she said one day she said are you okay I'm like I am all right why are you asking me she said right 
here's what we're going to do today. I'm like, uh-huh. Typical standoff. <laughs> Passive aggressive. <laughs> He's like, uh, I'm going to help you tidy out the garage today because I think you need to get on your bike or lift some weights. <laughs> but she gets it. She's only known me one day. Unfortunately, she was also an international athlete as well when she was an international badminton player up to the age of 18. So she gets it and it's um, it's how she's always known me. And I'm I'm so lucky to have someone like that in my corner more than anything. But mm-hmm. I think it's the balance of all those things, um, which can be quite unique to me, I think. But at the same time, I think the one thing that's not unique is that that you just got to not give up. I think that you've got you can either choose to be older, it will come it will come for you. But I want to try and push back against that as much as I can. And um yeah, it's there's common themes throughout society, isn't there? There's like people think they get to a point in life I'm 30, I'm 35, I've got a kid, all right, it's time for me just to, you know, do this, that, and the next thing. But you can actually do more. You know, there's always there's always space in the day to do something, whether it's twenty minutes quick jog around the block or you know a quick superset in the gym or whatever. People have this idea that fitness has to be this massive, massive thing that actually gets in the way. But when you actually start doing it, you realize how little you need to do to actually be consistent. First of all, and then mm-hmm. that consistency then kind of goes through your life. You know, you've got a bit of discipline, you've got a regiment. But it's it's loose, you know. It's like I've got twenty minutes to do the day, and it's like I get twenty <clears> minutes to do that and, and filling that in. And I think it's a, a mind shift as well because we do become quite zombified with TVs and all that sort of stuff. I'm not saying that you know my life isn't busy as it is, and I'm not saying that I'm any busier than anyone else. But I think sometimes the story we tell ourselves isn't actually a story that's true, and I think that a lot of people need to take that into question sometimes, you know, because we can we can all we can all do something, you know, and it's great for your mental health. We've seen that all the way through lockdown and the whole post COVID thing that sport is or sport or exercise in general. It's great. It doesn't need to be anything crazy. It can be a fantastic walk in the woods itself, which I do a lot of, which is kind of like my sanctuary, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I like going yeah. I like being in the trees and it just helps you escape a little bit because everyone's got shite to deal with and the one thing that I've became more and more aware of in the last sort of four or five years is that the words perfect and normal are bullshit they don't actually exist hey totally you know they should be <laughs> totally agree it should be it's, it's, it's a lot of crap because no nothing what is normal is imperfection yes people people don't get that because they see things and they hear things and everyone's got a pile of crap to deal with any point in the day and the sooner people get good at realizing that that's okay and that's what normal actually is i think everyone will be better for it i couldn't i couldn't put it better myself and i think that was one of the big things for me especially during lockdown was the this the the ability to get out with my dog and um you know having a dog as you know it's a minimum minimum of two walks a day yeah. And that that is incorporating a healthy and active lifestyle. Alter- the alternative to that is you don't walk your dog, or if you don't have a dog, you just sit and kind of watch TV. And just like you've said, we both do watch TV, mm-hmm. but maybe not to the same extent as to what is deemed a normal amount of TV from society. Yeah. 
but improving one's health and improving one's lifestyle and fitness doesn't necessarily have to be like you said beasting yourself in the gym for an hour because mm-hmm. the reality is unless you're actually factoring that into your week having an hour spare every single day for the five days seven days can be quite unrealistic for a lot of people yeah so you've already mentioned the fact that you know going out for a forest walk or doing some supersets in the gym where you're combining a number of exercises in a short space of time to get the biggest bang for your buck and going for a 20 minute jog it's it's making those choices to see where those gaps are right within your day for you to be able to then compound those essential behaviors and habits over time that is going to give you the end result that you're potentially afterwards but what I feel we're really struck struck with right now is the the Amazon Prime effect or the instant gratification that oh, an Instagram versus reality. Don't even get me started on that. We'll touch on that in a second. But you know we're we're constantly looking to people who we we think have it all and have all their kind of ducks in order. But what they're doing is they're portraying a completely different lifestyle to social media than what they actually live. But we're so blinded by that because we're absorbing it on the daily every single day that we think that's normal. Mm. But the normality is just what you've said. If somebody, if something shit has not happened in your day that's completely disrupted your day, then you're not living a normal life because that is normal when disruption comes in left, right and center. And it's up to you how to manage that, I guess, and how to ensure that it's not necessarily affecting you deeper and also the family unit that you have around you as well, because we both run our own businesses. We there's you know stresses and strains come with that. Um, you've got other responsibilities going on at the moment as well, which we can we can talk about if you're happy to. But it's all it's all subjective, right? One person's stress and strain is you know could be nothing to somebody else, but that's that's the world that we are currently living in right now. Yeah, I think it comes down to quite a simple thing. Is that, what's the alternative? What what is what if you don't do these things? You keep on just you just sit and you don't move and you don't yourself and you don't get out and get fresh air. What's yeah. the alternative? You know, and a lot of people don't. I'm probably quite blunt with that kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, either use it, the good old use it or lose it sort of thing, isn't it? It's like, do you decide to either take responsibility for yourself and stop? having it be someone else's thing you need to get up and get on get on with it i used to always my missus used to always laugh at me i used to have a phrase which was get up dress up turn up and she'd go uh, get up dress up turn up uh, show up uh, play up. And, and she just ripped the piss out of me but get up dress up and turn up that's all you can ever do in life and irrespective that's going to work and also having to do things mm-hmm. you get to do things don't talk crap. Yes, yes. You don't, have, you, you don't have to walk your dog. You don't have to take your kids to school. You have to go in the garden. You get to do that shit because you're lucky enough to be here and you're lucky enough to be able to have those experiences and have those people and creatures wanting to share moments with you. That's brilliant. Yeah. And that's that's what it's all about. You know, it's that you get the opportunity to do these things. It's not somebody's got a gun to your head saying, you must do these things. You get these opportunities and they're free. You know, and sometimes the free stuff, it's maybe not as attractive because, (laughs) you know, a a quick Instagram relief of here's a thousand pounds. 
here's what I'm getting for that thousand pounds. That's not how it works. Something that's hard work is worth it. That's for sure. But that hard work in itself is very individualized. Is, is yeah, of course. A 10 minute walk around the block. Is that hard for you? Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Let's keep doing 10 minutes. Let's see where that goes. Progression is the most important thing. And as human beings, we're goal oriented and we love routine. Some people's routines, unfortunately, in life are get up, go straight to the pub. But it's a routine nonetheless. That's ultimately how it works. Routine, yeah. body loves routine, and the mind loves routine. And the sooner you get that routine, the better. Yeah. Just just when you were mentioning the <clears throat> the getting to, you get to do these things. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, what, what a privileged position to be in, right? Because yeah. you know, we all fall into that. Somebody close to you can no longer do what they used to be able to do, or you are no longer able to do what you used to be able to do. Mm -hmm. Those are the times that you then realize, fuck, I get to do these things. They can't. Yeah. And that's, I don't think there needs to be any greater or deeper saying than that you get to do it um <clears throat> sorry i <laughs> i lost uh i lost somebody quite close to me recently and that's uh you know getting to do it like you get to do it for for yourself you get to do it for them you know because they they can't do it anymore and i think that's yeah. when when people start to realize that when people start to understand that they don't have to do anything they get to do it it's a privilege that's mm -hmm. when that's when life changes for them yeah, I think you've got you get two choices. Uh, you can do life or have life do it to you. Yeah, you know what I mean. <clears throat> these, these things are there's nothing given, and if you live your life uh, similarly to you, I lost a very very good friend just last just last year towards the end of the year, which absolutely fucking destroyed me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that uh, experience. <laughs> flipped a big big switch in my head i had because i haven't spent so much time in competitive sport and always trying to be better or faster or all the usual wanky kind of <laughs> stuff that comes out your mouth when you're trying to be an athlete because it's, it's yeah. the most important thing in your life that that event and that moment oh nothing else exists and then it's done and it's like yeah well that's it done nobody really cares apart for you which is fine because you need things that make you do Otherwise, yeah. you just want to set about and do need things to strive, need things to give you that need to get up and be whole and intake, as I said a moment ago. But I remember being in uh, the wake after the funeral and standing in a room which was full of some of the best bike sport athletes you can ever, ever imagine could be in one room. I'm talking like Danny McCaskill. I'm talking multiple Olympic champions across different disciplines. Wow. And I stood there and I was like, this is really bizarre because the amount of talent that's in this room right now is off It's off the scale. Literally, I mean, from every corner of the, of the sport. And this is one thing that, that he did. He transcended our sport. And he was a person who didn't really give a shit about what kind of bike he rode. As long as you rode a bike, that was cool. You know, yeah, bikes are yeah, good. Yeah. We still always say. And looking around the room and no one upon no one was talking about bike racing or a result or anything they were going to do next. 
the one thing that held everyone together was the stories of what we had done with each other and how we'd all got through tough times and how the community around about us actually was helping all of us to come to terms with it and how mm -hmm. to heal uh, each other with it. And it was great because we all had stories uh, about Rab where we'd always roll our eyes. Oh, God, Rab. <laughs> but you would never change it because he always yeah. kept you accountable. He always kept you kind of on your toes. And he was always quite provocative um, with things. I'd say, oh, that's such and such. He's a fucking blah, blah, blah. And he'd be like, nah, maybe no, Jamesy. Maybe it's just having a bad day. And I'd go, hmm, okay, maybe you're right. So it put, checked me quite a lot. Um, but that in that moment, I I had kind of had that flip of the switch where it wasn't about what I did as an athlete or trying to be an athlete or kid on I was still an athlete. It was about being grateful for all the people that I've met throughout my career and through just a simple thing, which is a bike. You know, there's yeah. so many people in that room, incredible characters and incredible people, and it just shows you the one uniting force was this one guy who rode a bike who is an awesome, awesome person. And uh, like yourself, it's that those things that happen. I, I fought against grief for years and years and years, and it wasn't until that happened to me that I actually started to accept it and understanding again that that normal and perfect thing doesn't exist. Because mm -hmm. I, I think as a, a person who's got a that growth athlete athlete mindset, you 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 kind of you've got egos you're trying to balance. But the everyday person who's just that potentially really sensitive emotional person, and you've got that really aggressive ego driven emotional person. You can be both, and sometimes both help each other by letting something in and letting the emotion go, and you know like bowing down to it and letting it do its mm -hmm. thing. That can actually free you up at the other end as well, and it can become such a great way of helping you focus. That that's what I've done. I've started using it in like the best ways, and there'll be times when I'll just be doing stuff, and I think everyone will nod that they'll feel just it bubbling. It'll bubble from your belly, it'll yeah. come up, up, up through your chest, and you'll be like, "What's happening here? What's happening here?" And then before you know it, it's up at your throat, and I would always push it straight back down, push it down, yeah. push it down, push it down. Now I'm just like, fuck this. I'm going to have a fucking, I'm going to cry. Yeah. And that's okay. Because people see it as weakness, but it's yeah. not. It actually takes huge, huge strength to face it mm -hmm. and let it do its thing. Especially if you're around people and around friends. And I've been really lucky to spend time around a lot of friends who are all in the same boat. And we've all cried together. And I've even been out in rides with young athletes who've potentially been through a rough time. And I'll go, I'm going to tell you a story. And I'll get emotional and I'll cry on the bike and I'll say, listen, I'm probably going to get quite emotional about this right now. You can hear it in my voice right now. I'm getting emotional when I'm talking about yeah. it. But it's important to do that because yeah. it only leads one way. It leads one way to being quite destructive and it leads to not feeling great and mental health just goes down downhill. But that's the one thing I've learned loads in the last sort of six months. I'm not going to be 44 in the best part of like two months. But... I'm so grateful. I hate what happened, mm -hmm. but I'm so grateful for what it's taught me. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, fuck, <laughs> um, <laughs> mate. <laughs> this is this has turned into a bit of a, a, a therapy session because uh, one, uh, I, I can I can massively resonate with mm. everything that you have just said there, and I can only do so because. <laughs> 
of the experiences that I have been going through personally myself um, mm. with the loss of my mate um, in the last three months. He, he passed away last week, so I'm still kind of very much going through the, the shock and the grief and the emotion mm. that comes along with it. But, you know, prior prior to that, you know, you could see you could see things were changing. And one of the reasons why I decided to change essentially the, the pathway that I was on is because I realized that health without, I mean, as cliche as this sounds, and I know you've probably heard this a million times yourself, but without your health, you've literally got nothing. So health is your wealth. And you can have all the money in the world, you can have all the material items, but if you physically can't get out of your bed, you know, if mm-hmm. you, there's so many things that, you know, the, just even opening your eyes in the morning, like what a grateful experience that is. Mm-hmm. To be able to go out for a walk, to be able to go out for a run, and <clears throat> one, of, one of the things that um, just when you talk about the kind of the emotion bubbling up, and you know you got to the throat and push it right down. I mean, yeah, I did that for years, years and years and years. And then my uh, my outlet was was running, and you know there used to be times in the runs where I mean these were I wasn't sprinting; there were you know zone two runs sometimes zone three but I got to a point where I just used to, I just broke down in tears and I was running with like floods of tears coming out down my face and the internal dialogue is stop 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 doing you know just take a minute stop doing like I, me being me similar to yourself um, like, I don't want to I want to keep going keep going and keep going because I can do this right now my mate yeah. can't and I'm going to keep going as much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And yes, you have to listen to your body. Yes, you have to listen to your own thoughts and your own feelings at times. But when you're when you're in it, when you're in that zone, the most important thing to you right now is just to to get through it, to grieve mm-hmm. in the way that you grieve, right? Um, yeah. And emotions are so key. Like as guys, I don't think we talk about it enough. I really don't. And I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I I can't. I can't put the. I just don't understand why guys don't talk about emotions. Because if more guys did, there'd be a lot more openness and maybe a lot more kind of help out there mm. to to ensure that we can only, move only forward and not be um, not be sidetracked by kind of our egos and our our macho libre kind of vibes. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. I think it's because we're programmed in a deep, deep, deep level that other men are competition. Mm. I think that, that's what it comes down to because you look for a mate and all that kind of caveman mentality, but that caveman mentality isn't required anymore. And it, it's interesting that you say how the conversations went because it could be more appropriate for what we're doing. We have a coffee and we're chatting about stuff and that sometimes is the most important thing to do you know it doesn't matter if you've got a, a, an agenda written down or whatever yeah the fact that two people can just chat about stuff it just it makes you feel so much better about things and understand that you're not alone and you're not and no one's alone we all think that we are and it's amazing how people can down tools at a moment's notice you think you're really busy and you think you've got a lot on but again, it's actually, we've actually got loads of gaps. But what you fill in those gaps with are things which are 
sit and watch on TV or flick through your phone or whatever. So it's 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 important that you know you have those moments. Pick up the phone and speak to someone. You know, yeah. pick up the phone, checking it, checking in that mate who's always okay. You know, checking that mate who doesn't is not not okay. You know, it's there's always something nice you can do out of that, and I think a lot of people will appreciate that sort of um, little message every now and then. After the the, the, the kind of the, the passing of your friend, how how has your life then changed in dynamic of your your work, your life, and your kind of competitive kind of mindset with the with the cycling that you're doing now? Uh, from there's different. I think um, before I went through all that, I was in through quite a rough time. I wasn't overly happy, feeling kind of stuck and not too sure about what was happening in my life and imposter syndrome kind of things going on, and which for some people might sound ridiculous, people that know me. Um, but just kind of a bit lost, mm. you know, I wasn't too sure. And, and actually, Rabbit was the first pe- was the first person I reached out to, and I remember chatting to him on the phone and We'd planned to go to like the British Mountain Bike Championships, and I remember being up in the woods past near us at my mountain bike, and chatting to him and just saying, "I'm, I don't think I'm going to come. I'm, I'm, I don't feel like I want to come. I'm just not feeling that great." And he's like, "Oh man, what's happening? We need to go for a ride with each other." And I just, I actually just burst into tears, tears when I was in the trees and just chatting to him. And then we never got the chance to have that ride, unfortunately, with each other. But the fact that I knew I had somebody like that there. Um, was it was so comforting and and you still feel like you still got them there and you mm-hmm. can understand <clears throat> and we're we're really lucky that there's loads of stuff. It was it was a great dude which who is omnipresent on online and and YouTube and all that sort of stuff. So it's it's great to still be able to sit back and look at him and, and remember him from mm-hmm. what he was. But from that point of view, um, that made me go and speak to someone about it. Um, I I've always been quite an open book. But I think sometimes just not knowing how to direct that emotion has always been my problem. Yeah. And anyway, I went and started going and seeing someone. It was literally just a few a few months before, uh, in fact, a month maybe before Rab passed away. And the timing of being working with someone couldn't have been more, more applicable because they helped me loads to understand what what's going on in my head. Why am I feeling like this? And, and what am I actually doing? But going through all the therapy with them and just sitting chatting about stuff like this, I started to understand how I kind of worked and why I why I make choices and what I do. And, and it all stems back to like two or three different things as a kid. And I think that's where being a parent, you're very, very aware of things of how you talk to your kids and what you say to them and how you act around about them and, and, and trying to be that positive but firm, uh, you know, hand on their back to say, listen, I'm I'm your friend, but sometimes I'm going to have to tell you how life actually is because it's not what it looks like on TV or online or any of that sort of stuff. And and that for me was 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 such a, a an important experience for me to go through that. Um I, I, and it's kind of weird to say like things happen for a reason, but I would never like I don't I, I'm not happy with what happened, but again, I'm, I'm grateful for the lessons it's taught me. And mm-hmm. I've now just applied myself to the point where I think that I have become that open and that able to talk about it, that with a lot of the athletes that I work with, 
I've always been more of a kind of like, so how are you doing? I don't care about what Training Peaks is saying or what your HRV is today. That's all that's all just noise in the background. What how are you actually feeling just now? And what's what what's going on? And and having that now as almost like a skill set, I'm not trained in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've got I've got thirty I've got a degree of thirty odd years in bike sport and all the mental issues that it brings and, and all the other isms that you get from being in something for such a long time. Um that I, I recognise a lot of things. And for me, I'm now applying that across athletes. At the same time, there's, I've kind of got to the point where I've not really got time for time wasters in life. Mm. There, mm. I'll give everyone, I'll be patient with everyone and I'll give them the time and I'll talk to them and I'll do everything. But I feel like there's, I'm always being pulled in a different direction now with people who are really, really motivated to do stuff and really want to change things. And that for me gives me motivation. It's like the energy givers and the energy vampires. I'm trying yep. to keep away, keep away from the vampires. And we're in a world, you and I, where there's a lot of vampires, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, um, unfortunately. And, yeah. But that's part and parcel of the job that we do. You know, uh, all the way through COVID, I'm pretty sure you were the same where you weren't necessarily a coach or a person looking at people's progress, you were more of a ugly uncle or someone who suddenly became a clinical psychologist to help people through it, which is okay. But mm -hmm. I would come, I, I would come out of days like that where I'd like, I would just be empty. Yep. I would be in the moment. I'd be on Zoom. I'd be on the phone. I'd be doing everything. Boom, 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 boom. No stress. Absolutely killing it. You know, like that computer game. Boom, 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 shooting things down. No problem. Everything's good. And then I come offline. I'm like, I'm absolutely fried. I'm yeah. absolutely fried. And because I am that kind of that personality where I want to push, 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 and I want to fix it. I want to fix it. I want to make it better. I don't give myself that opportunity to step back. So the one thing that's also taught me is that spend your time wisely, but also mm -hmm. give yourself that bit of time back and, and look after yourself as well. And that in itself, for me, is, is a big thing. You know, <laughs> but I'm now trying to get that across to my athletes that maybe you just need to not look at numbers and maybe you just need to go ride your bike or go for a run because you love to do it. Just go and yes. have, have fun because fun fun gets missing sometimes. It gets, it gets lost quite quickly whenever you have got that goal. Or again, going back to what you spoke at the start, people doing fitness or trying to get fit or just trying to move more. It suddenly becomes a routine and that routine slowly gets to you. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I really should be doing that. And that's good. But at the same time, there needs to be a point in a, and somebody behind you to go, you need to maybe not do that today, maybe do this. Or <laughs> go walk to the park and read a book or things like that. You know, so there's always an, a there's always a positive alternative. Yeah. I think what I'm saying, you know. I think the 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 only way that you know that is by going through this kind of breakdown period of your life as well. Yeah. Um because lock lockdown for me was was not too. We we've spoken it, we've spoken numerous times personally, you know, off camera, on camera, over you know coffees and whatnot about our own kind of highs and lows. But um, yeah, lockdown very very similar to you. You're you 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 take on everybody, right? And you're trying to make sure everybody's sorted, everybody's got a program, everybody's like healthy, moving in the right direction. And you're right. You come off, you come off Zoom and you come off kind of like that coaching kind of mentality and you go back into being a husband and being a dad and you're like, I've got nothing to give. Nothing to give the people closest to you. 
all you've got, all your energy has been given to the people who are paying you. Yeah. And that's okay to a certain degree, but that can't be maintained without you eventually breaking down. Yeah. And I, um, I remember I was, I, I was going through this period of my life just before lockdown as I write something, I'm needing something, I'm craving something. And I didn't know what it was. I felt lost, just just how you've basically mentioned it. And that's when I decided to pursue the the Ironman kind of pathway. And looking back on it, in hindsight, the only reason I did that was to fill this void in my life. But also, I was running away from my actual thoughts and my actual feelings at that point because I didn't I didn't know what I wanted. So I was like, I'm gonna absorb and submerge myself into this really ludicrous training plan where I wasn't equipped for it <clears throat> mentally. And that eventually led to, to me, the only way I can describe it is kind of Wolverine trying to like claw myself off a cliff and just like scrambling away. And I couldn't, I couldn't actually gain any ground um, to, to the biggest breakdown of my life, you know, diagnosed with severe depression and, you know, it's probably to, took me a year and a half probably to two years to actually get out of it through various forms of therapy and uh, medication and whatnot but now I'm out the other end thankfully um I can now use that experience and just like you've said with your athletes I can use that with my clients and just go right I don't actually give a shit about what's in this program today like let's sit down and let's have a coffee or let's sit down and you tell me what's going on. You tell me what's going on in your world. And I will then cater whatever it is that we are planning on doing around how you feel. Because as you know, like exercise is a massive release for a lot of people, but it's also a stressor as well. And if you're increasing cortisol levels are already super high and you're adding exercise into the mix and you've got nothing else to give, there's only one way you're going. And that's unfortunately, you're spilling over the edge and feeling even worse than what you did before you started. So it's having that, um, you know, <laughs> you mentioned that clinical psychologist uh, kind of pseudo degree, essentially, right? <laughs> a degree in and life. Uh, yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, it's something that actually makes, I feel, us better as coaches because we've got that more empathetic approach to our athlete or to our client or to whoever else is is uh, being coached by us. Um, Don't get me wrong. It's okay not would... to be that coach, though, as well. It's okay not to be that guy. Of course. That, oh, that. absolutely. Because a lot of people just don't feel they've got the skills to do that. And I know coaches who've had experiences with athletes who went, whoa, this is like way out of my, my skill set. I, I don't think I can keep working with you. You know, instead of saying, I recognize what's happening here. I know someone who could help you. Yes, I've got a person in my stable who I can point you in their direction. And the reason I know I can point you in their, that direction is because I've worked with them personally. And I've spilled my heart out to this person and they helped me. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of across the board, whether it's an injury or needing a massage or needing to go and find a new PT or whatever it is. When you've got that experience and that network within your coaching, you will generally, if you're thinking in that way and you are really thinking about the athlete or the person's welfare mm-hmm. if you've got someone within your stable or a person that you know you should really you know that duty of care thing go well maybe you should speak to this person yeah, but i understand yeah. that some people find that incredibly uncomfortable and can find that oh 
it's none of your business. That's totally fine as well. It's mm-hmm. it's no stress. You know, what I mean, it's it's there's I know one shoe fits all sort of thing, a one size fits all, one shoe fits all, probably one, one size fits all. One size. Yeah, that's one. One size. <laughs> I mean, uh, I wouldn't listen to anything I say with regards to quotes or sayings because I, <laughs> I uh, add them all together to make them sound hmm. better. Sorry. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think you kind of you kind of lose the touch on a point there, and I think that's that's one thing, especially in the in the industries that we work in, is the the almost like the subconscious neglect of the client's well-being in terms of they're not willing, you know, coaches aren't willing to pass out their client to somebody else in case that other person then steals their client, which is a really bizarre kind of mentality to have. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I've never, <clears throat> thankfully, never kind of worried myself about. I'll always refer out if if I think another coach is more suited to this individual then crack on you know go and go and get their help and um, because i'm very much i know what i'm capable of doing i know where i can help and i'm very much stick stick to my guns um but if i can't help i'll be the first one to say i don't think you're the right person for me and that was for me that was a big shift um a hearing you say that but also when i when i was a personal trainer um, one of the things that you you saw working kind of the commercial gym environment was everybody was like super possessive over these people. Yeah. Like, don't talk to my client. Like, what? Think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Stay away from my clients. Don't talk. If I see you talk yeah. to my client, I'm going to break your neck kind of style. I was you know? like, all I'm doing is saying hello. <laughs> you know, I'm, being, I'm just being a nice guy. But um, that that for me, you know, the whole, the whole, the, the whole shift from the personal training to the health coaching, um, I realized probably a lot later than I probably should have actually. Um, now there's no, there's no nothing wrong with personal training. I'll be the first to say that you know it's definitely got its place. Um, but for me and my journey and the way I'm positioned right now in my life, um, health coaching with behavior change and habit change is far more important than trying to basically push somebody who is a square peg into a round hole of their ideal goal. Let's focus on the fundamentals of behavior change of habits of, you know, can you actually do 5,000 steps a day? Yeah. But yet you're telling me you want to commit an hour in a gym with a half hour drive time either side. And you can't, you know, it doesn't work. So that's where my change. Save your gym membership. Save your gym membership. Buy yourself a kettlebell. Yes. Walk up, walk up and down your hallway. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I, I think that again is because people just fall into this perception that you have to be an environment. Don't get me wrong, plays its part in what you're it does. when you're doing things. That hundred percent, but mentality will always win out over environment a hundred percent, and that's how you get shit done. Yeah, and I think that's ultimately the premise of this podcast recording is um, we we've basically under the under subtle undertone is just get shit done, but how you get okay, shit yeah. done is it differs for everybody, right? And it has to be, though, because everyone's, as we've said already, everyone's got a different set of cards to play, haven't they? Yeah. You know, some people, it's the 5 a.m. club, get up, <laughs> get on Zwift, yeah. you know, and, and I read five books a day, kind of bullshit sort of thing, you know. Um, and some people are like, holy smoke, it's 11 o'clock. I don't really want to do this, but... I need to go jump underneath that that bar in the gar in the garage, you know, or grab that kettlebell, or do walk around the living room like an idiot with a band room. I needs to 
get my glutes working or whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or <laughs> or sitting on your couch with your with your, your shoulder blades against the couch, you know, doing a hip thrust with your child across your 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 uh, your midriff. You know, it's there's always ways of doing it. You know, yeah. and and whatever that is is it's fine. You know, it doesn't need to look a specific way. You don't you don't have to look a specific way. Just got to move it. Eh? Get shit done. Yeah, absolutely. So with with getting shit done, you're actually getting quite a lot of shit done right now. Ooh. What um what's what's happening right now in the world of Jimmy Mack? Christ. Good 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 question. Um as my wife walks in and I can just feel her eyes rolling around in the back of her head <laughs> like a fruit machine. Um Hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> He's waving back. Uh, um a lot's a lot's happening but i think a lot of stuff as well is more about me being more focused and stuff i i always come back to that kind of we spoke about before about um time and things i i I would throw myself at projects left right and center and i still do that but i'm being a lot more selective about stuff so there's quite a few things which i have also decided that I'm comfortable enough to delegate to people now uh, within my circle of coaches that I work with because you can't be good at everything and you have to understand that there's always going to be something that you're kind of not too sure about. So you have to get an expert in that domain to work alongside you. So with with my business just now with, with Meta is that Previously, it had only been a handful of us working together. And obviously, during COVID, we closed on our premises and, and everyone kind of got separated. But we're still doing our thing online, which anyone who's in the fitness industry or the or the sports industry will totally resonate with that massive change straight away. But now you're trying to get back into how things were. And I think there's a lot of still social anxiety around about all that sort of stuff. And people forget that they can go out and train with each other or they can go a walk with each other or they can go to the gym with each other or all these things and it's, it, we're getting there and there'll, there'll be, there's gonna be a lot of blowback from that at some point there's gonna be a mental you know hangover from all of that which some people are either understanding and negotiating just now or they are burying their head in the sand but it's going to come to fruition at some point and i was like right so we've been pretty quiet on social media for like the last while because we've just been busy doing shit we're just too focused on looking after who we work with and letting them just get on with it. And we've never really been a kind of over here, look at us kind of a business. We just kind of get our heads down and get on with it and let our athletes or the people that we're working with do their thing. And we just facilitate as much of that as possible. But it got to the point there where it's like, so we've got S&C programs, we've got physio, we've got nutrition and everyone knows, and you'll notice, Calm yourself, you're like, a bit of everything to everyone but sometimes you need to refine yourself a little bit and this Mm -hmm. goes back to me trying to give myself back some time and be a bit more zoned into what i'm doing is that just in this last week um a lot of things have aligned themselves really really well and a lot of the services that we used to do within in-house i've decided that we're not going to do that directly so not me directly or finley directly or everyone else that works with us directly we're going to expand our team and we want to bring in people. First and foremost, I want to work with people who have got a, a similar methodology to me, mm-hmm. who I've actually worked with and I have seen what they can do and they have actually helped me. Mm-hmm. So all the way through this week, including today, 
Uh, we've got another announcement later today, which everyone on our Instagram story will be sick to death of seeing another <laughs> another one. You know, um, don't forget there's actually one coming on Monday as well. Uh, yeah, of course that that's that big uh, sponsored athlete. That's the big one. Yeah, <laughs> the big the big guy with the goatee. Um, <laughs> so ultimately, looking at what are the important parts. So the important parts of this are um, if you come to us, and you want coached. We can do the coaching part. We've got plenty of experience across all bike sport, across triathlon, across running, swimming, etc. We're the two coaches that we've got that work with us. SNC wise, we do SNC as well, but we're like, mm-hmm. we could really do it having somebody permanently doing that. And we did have uh, a guy I worked with was Jack, but during COVID, everything dried up. So he went and joined the fire brigade. So he's doing his thing. So we brought in someone new. Um, called Adam Claiborne, who lives not too far from me. So he'll do a combination of PT, SNC programming and all that sort of stuff. And, and he also is a, a kick-ass sports master, which is great for my old back. <laughs> and then we've got, uh, we brought in Ellen McDermott, uh, Ellen's an athlete who I worked with for years, um, uh, coaching her uh, personally. And she started up her own uh, nutrition company called Ellen uh, uh, McD uh, Nutrition. Oh, uh, you're under the cosh there, weren't you? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember. Eh? I probably said it wrong, but just look up Ellen McDermott online. You kind of miss her. Um, so got her to come in and do it. And I, I worked with her over the last four months personally because I was like proper dad bod. I was like, I, went, I stood in the scales at one point uh, about October and I was 80 kilograms and I'm only like five foot nine. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? What's going on? And like, I'd kind of seen it happening over time. I was still exercising and stuff like that, but oh my God. I was eating chippies and I was doing just going mental, just eating loads and loads of crap. So Ellen's on board with us, and then we brought in um, Big Kenny Watt from uh, uh, Project Physio, who I have worked with numerous times. And even though before we had an initial connection with them, I would always send people to Kenny because physiotherapy as a thing is a really funny thing. There's, I've actually had the phrase quite a few times that. When you're at physio, when you've been taught physio, you're actually kind of taught not to fix people, so they come back and you retain business. But I, I got no fucking time for that. If someone's coming back to us like three months later with the same issue, I'm going to be asking you, what the fuck are you doing? Why is that person still having that issue? And if you haven't referred them to someone else, why not? And why are you not fixing them? Hundred percent, no issues like that. Uh, yeah, uh, Kenny and and, and Muchy, who Stephen Much, who. Anyone who's in sport and rugby and all that sort of stuff will see him running on the field with the physio, the physio bag. The bag. guy's basically a, a, a non, an uncertified brain surgeon. He's an absolute genius when it comes to the human body and stuff like that. And Kenny's working alongside him. They had quite a unique service during lockdown or just post, uh, post-lockdown where they would do in-house visits. They would do online consultations. They'd come and see you. They'd come and visit you. They'd treat you and all that sort of stuff. So I couldn't think of a, a, a safer pair of hands to look after everyone. And then we've obviously got the usual stuff. We've got our bike fitting and stuff like that. So we used to do that. And I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that anymore. It's just, I've not got the time to do that. Plus our space has changed. We've now got a place at home where we do stuff. And, you know, do you really want people traipsing in and out with their bikes and all that sort of stuff and filling up your, your street full of cars and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that was a no. So Pedal Power and West Calder had a really good relationship with them for, for God, 20 odd years. Um, they've now got a new fit studio, so that's all good. So they're doing that now. And then today, um, which is obviously only relevant to people who are listening to this today, uh, Friday, <laughs> which nobody of, will be, <laughs> uh, Friday the 3rd of February, um, we have pulled in my therapist, actually, uh, Mary McClung, who 
I've worked with Mary twice. And Mary, first and foremost, my first protocol with her was in my transition from being an athlete to a, a <clears throat> normal person. Um, quote, unquote. Helped, <laughs> yes, uh, air, air quotes. Uh, she, when you're coming from being an athlete to the sort of the normal world, you're, you're never too sure what you're going to do. Uh, especially with me, I was really in, in, engulfed by my sport and yeah. never really thought too much about education. Sort of stuff until I'd stopped, but Mary was the person who kind of made me realize that I had loads of transferable skills. Whether it's been able to talk on camera, whether it's been able to write something, whether it's connecting with people and working with sponsors, she made me realize I'd, I'd quite a lot of you know quite good skill sets which could transfer across. Um, and then obviously during the, the last sort of period of my life, where having obviously lost Rab and went through a bit of depression and all that sort of stuff. Mary has been an absolute saviour of mine and I've referred quite a few of my athletes to her. So I spoke to her a few weeks ago and I said, listen, how would you feel about coming in-house with us and being like a resident sort of counsellor, which is really what she does. She counsels and she uses sports type, uh, sports psych and stuff like that to not only help you as an athlete, but help you in your everyday which I think sometimes is more of an issue. The everyday stuff is usually the things that get in the way, not necessarily yeah. the, the athlete part or the, you know, it's, it's all the small things that grow on top of you and then the, the layers just get thicker and thicker and then suddenly you can't break out of it. But she's going to be announced today. And and I'm really, really chuffed to have such a a wholesome, rounded group of absolutely kick-ass professionals to work with. And they're all just associated with us. So they're all like doing their own thing off the back but we basically want to have this like one-stop shop for anything athlete based and in essence a small institute um which yeah. when we started meta was the initial idea we did have physios and we had sports therapists and all that sort of stuff and coaches in a gym and you came around once and you're like oh my god you've you've definitely found your niche and that's kind of died off with with covid but i want us now to be able to bring that back but bring it back bigger and better and 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 modernized for the way the world mm. is because what worked in 2017 no longer works and the fact i'm actually never reflecting it's bizarre to think it's now 2023 and i'm still doing that because i never thought this would be a long-term thing that would do but the evolution of what we've done has been pretty incredible to be honest with you there's all the usual key you've got to deal with like fixing the website and all that sort of stuff which is under under construction just now it's a wee bit out of date but best to keep on in tabs with us on like Insta and Facebook and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so we're more yeah. there now. But the thing for me is that for all these people, what it comes down to is that at no point um am I like getting kicked back from these people. I, I'm not interested in that. I I, I want I, I'm more than happy with what I do. What I do want is for people to have access and have a network which is solid and that they know that we know how these people work, how they work and how good they are at what they do. And for me, having that one-stop shop where we can direct people, not necessarily okay for like a, 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 a program or a plan, even just a chat about stuff to see if it works for them. For me, that's foremost the most important part of it. It's having that network of specialists who we can go, Hmm, you're having that look, that looks like that. Oh, why don't you speak to Ellen? Why don't you speak to Mary? It, it could evolve into you taking them up as a long-term, short-term service, but the fact that we've got that access 
yeah. We're not ring fence fund like big sports institutes or big sports clubs. And that in itself kind of liberates us to be able to do it and work in that way. But that's that's pretty cool. Um, I suppose the second thing which has been quite busy is, is the Cyclone Academy. Yeah, I think before before you touch on that, I think um, what what you've just described for for Meta and the future of Meta is testament not only to the vision that you originally had in 2017, but you've evolved personally as well, and you've maintained that vision throughout. You've always had that desire to to make Meta the a family a family unit essentially where everybody's coherent with one another and nobody's kind of trying to get one up or leverage yeah. the other person with the interest the best interest of the of the athletes that you have working with you right now and there's not many other people out there if at all doing it the way that you're doing it so that's uh, or from what i've heard or from what i see and maybe there are maybe there are i don't know but um from what i've seen i don't think there are so that's that's always been something i've always admired about about meta and um, no, thank you you're that. about to mention the cycling academy um i know this has been a little bit of a project in the in the background and it's probably now taken off quite uh considerably in the last six to twelve mm. months so uh, go and dive into that and let people know exactly what the Cycling Academy is and the ages <laughs> that you work with as well, because I think that's uh, super important about the transitional gap between yeah. junior to elite. Yeah, so um, it kind of falls under the same kind of mentality of what we did with Meta, is that I want access for everyone and anyone to have, I want everyone who wants to ride a bike access to quality coaching and a quality community environment where you can thrive in it. And yeah. I don't care if you're on a mountain bike or a cross bike or a racing bike. You can come along, you can do what you want. We're in a lucky position where there's quite a lot of um, synergy happening where I live in Lithgow, where there's a new cycling um, circuit opening up this month, uh, not, uh, in the next couple of months. So we'll be based out of there. So one facet of the Cycling Academy is just that. It's to provide access for kids, adults, anyone at any level to come and get good quality coaching. We do have a cycling team off the back of that. And the whole idea ultimately would be, and it's been it's been it's been coined before, but balanced bike to podium sort of thing, where it's it transcends. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah, it's, so you're trying to get kids a onto bikes. Yeah, and this is all a bit subcontract and stuff. It's not. I'm not doing all that sort of stuff. So we're trying to pull again a group of people together who we can subcontract. Everyone can do something. You know, get something back from it. For some reason, I don't know why, but in in cycle sport, there's this kind of what you're 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 charging money for that? What? That's, oh, that's terrible! It's like, but how much do you pay for your kids' football training? How much do you pay for the swimming sessions? It's ridiculous. You know, it's like the, the cheapest form of um uh, childcare you can ask for. And yeah. I think there's a big big shift because there's loads of like really young talented coaches uh, run by us who are like all like under 18s, under 25 who are really good. And it gives them a format to start their own business. It will give them a format to use the skill sets and, and improve their ability to coach. Why is that not a good thing? So we're going to start to look at pulling them in to do particular sessions. There'll be racing. There'll be all the usual stuff that comes along with the cycling circuit. But the facet that we want to add to that is that the cycling team will come to the track. We'll use the track. We're going to use that as a visual representation of what we're trying to do so that the kids can be inspired and see, you know, the racers who are at the at the at the sticky or the pointy end of bike races 
in Scotland, Britain, and in Europe, and let them see it's visible because the more visibility you have of a pathway and you can see people who can do it, you go, oh my God, they're just like me. Yeah. Of course they are. Two arms and two legs. That's all that matters. So having that in itself is great. The issue we've came across is that running a cycling team is hard. It's yeah. hard at the best of times, but trying to do it post-COVID and actually mid-COVID is even tougher. The idea of what we're trying to do is we are trying to expose young Scottish athletes to the highest level of bike sport that we can, mainly right now focusing on road because there's a big, big gap right now with Scottish riders on road. Just recently, we've had a few athletes turn world tour, but that's not because of the system. That's been quite, a, that's been almost kind of like despite the system and them just being bullheaded and wanting to be absolutely driven. But that's came off the back of the success that we've had in Britain over the last sort of 10, 15 years. And it's great that athletes are doing that, but it's few and far between. I think in the last 20 odd years, we've only had like three or four athletes actually get close to or be at that top level. Uh, that's male and female. Taken out of Olympic programs with Katie Archibald, who is absolutely bona fide legend. Katie was in that Great Britain um, framework, which obviously facilitated her being an, an Olympic beast and, and an absolute god on a bike. But that's not feasible for everyone and we want to give access to people to see what can be possible and right now the biggest issue for us is that we've got great partners we've got some really great partners on board with us from clothing nutrition bike supply all that sort of stuff but the biggest issue you're always going to come across with this thing is is cash and yeah. we started up a thing called the european apprenticeship fund which is kind of like a, in essence it's maybe like a glorified crowdfunding idea where we would you can put some cash in and that will facilitate X, Y, and Z. So as for instance, if, you know, if Callan Duthie Fitness wanted to help a young athlete, you could put 500 quid at the pot and then we'll make that trip all about you. So this is only possible because of this, this, and this. And do all the usual social media, video content to give back and make them realize where actually it's all coming from. The athlete that is and get the athlete bought into why we're doing this. So from that aspect, that itself is a slow burner. It's a five-year project we've been running now for, this will be coming up for a third year. It's been mega successful, even despite all that kind of hardship I'm talking about. We've won every Scottish Championship last year. We, If we didn't win it, we had a stacked podium or at least two people on the podium. Um, we're now becoming the signpost for you know, the younger generation and the thing you touched on at the start of it was that we are trying to fill in that gap and that jump. So there's a lot of projects that work with under 16s or under 18s, yeah. but they don't work on the transitional point of view because people are going to transition all over the place. They're not going to transition into sport. They're going to transition out of sport. How do we help with that? What's the exit strategies as well? Because a lot yeah. of people don't think about that. So you've got good skills. Why don't you do that discipline? Why don't you go into coaching? You could be a really good team manager. You could be like X, Y, or Z within the sport. If you want to, there's opportunity. But the thing is, is that it's 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 about making sure that those opportunities are very, very visible for all these young yeah, athletes, yeah. whether it's male, female. I want to have a guy's team and a woman's team and and just be producing. I just want to produce kick-ass little bike riders from Scotland who just want to get stuck in and want to take it to people. And they, they've not got that underdog mentality it's like we're here yeah. to fuck shit up sort of style you know 
Yeah, but how how cool how cool is that? So if we bring if we bring this back around, <clears throat> because you're that's you dealing with kind of the transitional period of uh, of kids, um, to kind of balance bike to podium, to use your saying, um, but then once the kids are in, then that gives an avenue for the adults as well, because the adults yep. are then going to support their child within that environment, which is then going to help them by, you know, going along to these events, meeting like-minded people, and essentially potentially going out for bike rides themselves, yeah. which then is creating, whether you're aware of it or not, you've just essentially created this really healthy ecosystem of getting people out to exercise, to support their kids and to support one another, which I think is really cool, which is the whole premise of um, living a healthy active lifestyle as a family yeah. because it's so easy to push your children not necessarily push but encourage your children to do certain things but your child doesn't see you doing anything mm. so if yeah. you're then able to go along and you know chat to these like-minded parents then the chances of you going out for a cycle yourself is going to just be tenfold and become even it's going to it's going to prevent a lot of uh, health issues later down the line essentially is mm. what, uh, what i'm getting at I suppose you're right, and I, I, it's probably happened without me actually really being aware of it. But yeah. we've got a, a group of dads around here, and we're we're all going to ride the Tap Caledonia. And like these are these are guys who like have I'll never see you ridden, there. They've never ridden like any more than like two hours on a bike, and they're like, yeah. "We're going to do this. Let's do it." And we created this little group. I call it the Dads Army, which is quite hilarious. But we've now got plans to go and raise uh, raise funds for a, a charity called the Canmore Project or the Canmore Trust, which is all about giving people safe places who've been affected by suicide. So if you do are affected by it, they will actually facilitate. Here's a trip for you and your family. Go escape, try and have some time with each other and look after Amazing. each other. And that in itself is actually just what you said. And I hadn't actually realized that it's just like a bunch of like four dads. Yeah. One just happens to be like a, a former, you know, quasi professional bike rider who's kind of gluing it together. But the fact that that's happened through cycling clubs and through schools, yeah. four, four guys who've like are now in each other's pockets quite a lot and sharing a lot of really cool experiences with each other and supporting each other. That's kind it of like small, right? The seed, the seed, the seed has been planted. It starts small and eventually that might evolve into something else, you know? Exactly. Um, well, Link I, number three. <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> I think, um, I've taken enough of your time this morning. So, <laughs> Jimmy, I just want to thank you for sharing some uh, some of your tales, some of your stories, and some of the projects that you have been working on over the last kind of eighteen months, two years. Um, but I like to give every single podcast guest the opportunity to big themselves up. Now, bear in mind you have thirty seconds to do this. So, where can people find you? How can people work with you? And what is it you do? Uh, okay, my name is James McCallum, uh, former pro athlete, now working uh, uh, still in cyclosport. I have a company called What's Your Meta. You can find us uh, online at uh, whatsyourmeta.com. Weird name. I can explain why it's called that if we ever get a chance to chat to each other. Uh, website, whatsyourmeta.com. All the socials at What's Your Meta, uh, whether that's Twitter, Instagram, and we're also on Facebook. But, um, 
I personally am online as well. My own individual individual account is Jimmy underscore Mac M E C H as in the speed of sound one zero. And I reach out if you want to chat or I think I can help you in any way. So it's all good. Amazing. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much. We could talk all day. Um, <laughs> but I feel for the listeners that we have to <laughs> wrap this up before our ramblings get any worse. Right, mate, I will catch you on the flip side. Much appreciated.